76 and this is Desert Island Games. I'm your host and with me today is my guest Scott, also known as a console snob and formerly known as the Grumpy Gaming HD. Welcome Scott. Hello. Thank you very much for coming on. We appreciate yeah, that's it. That's alright. Well, at least I'm awake this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you fall asleep during the, during the podcast, I'll give you a little sound. I was, I was <laughs> fucking exhausted that day. It was, it was just... I, it was a day off, but I just I decided to do everything and and everything on that day, and then by the time about half past seven, I'd passed out. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's understandable. When you're <laughs> and well, like the last time, uh, I've not plugged this anywhere. It's just I'm merely doing it in this format to um, for convenience. Um, so, if anyone happens to tune in, then great. But if not, they can see it later. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so. The Desert Island Games, obviously most people will be familiar with Desert Island Discs, which is on BBC Radio 4. It's just a case of, um, on that show, people pick eight the favourite tracks, music, and I'm just swapping it around with games, retro games. That's uh, Apart from that, it's the same format uh, as, as that show. Just just an idea I had, and I kinda, it was going to be a one-off show, but... Uh, Mr. Harry Yak wanted to come on the show, and that kind of took off from there. So I thought I'd ask some of you guys as well. So. Yeah, cool. It was mm. fine. I'm flattered. It's the first time I've done a a guest um, thing on any sort of video or podcast or whatever. So yeah, flattered. Brilliant, brilliant. So we'll get on with it anyway. Without further ado, I've got your list of games here. Um, you did number them, I think. When you sent me them, so I don't know if I'm doing this in the right order, so stop me if I'm not. But I can't one... fucking remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll refresh your memory. The first one, I think, if we're doing it in this order, would be Double Dragon. Is that right? Yeah, Double Dragon's always been um, an iconic game to me. It's always kicked my ass. I don't think I've ever completed it, ever. But yeah. it's always one of those games. I think it's the theme tune more than anything else. When, you know, the, the splash screen theme tune is just awesome. What system particularly do you have for memories of playing it on? Well, funny enough, I played probably the most inferior version of it out of all of them. I played it on the mass system, which isn't exactly the straight port of the arcade at all. Mm-hmm. And then a friend of mine had it on the NES, and that's when I really started to get into the game. But yeah, it's fucking brutal. And I think I played it on the arcade a couple of times. But yeah, I, I started on the mass system and then found out it was on... Better fucking, there's better versions of it on the NES and such. Yeah, I I didn't frequent arcades too much as a kid myself. Only really when I went on holiday and things like that with my parents. But I do remember that was one of the games I played uh, before memories myself. And that and it was either Daily Thompson's Decathlon or Track and Field, which were those kind of athletic games I played as well back in those days. Uh, but I. Don't believe I've played Dribble, Dribble, <laughs> Double Dragon on. Dribble Dragon. <laughs> Double Dragon. I'm Dribble. Uh, <laughs> I must look it up. Um, probably on. Is it out in Mega Drive? Oh um, yeah, there is. I don't think it's an official uh, release though. I think it's one of those um, unofficial games. Um, don't hold me to this, but apparently the Mega Drive version is very close to the arcade version. So, yeah, it, uh, it was well worth a look at. I haven't played it myself, but I have done a little bit of research into it. I want to pick it up one day. It was going to be my intention, actually, um, but due to my technical 
um, lack of technical know-how. Um, I was going to have kind of screenshots of the of the games up as you were talking about them. Oh, I... I was trying to do this the last time with Harry Yak, but uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, the Mega Drive version apparently is very close to the arcade, so yeah, if I ever found it, I might be able to find it for this thing, the old EverDrive, so yeah, I might have to check it out one day. <laughs> okay, um, so great choice uh, there, uh, and the next one is Ghosts and Ghosts, I believe. Yeah, Ghouls and Ghosts, Ghosts and Goblins, whatever you want to call it, or uh, Don Makimura. <laughs> um, yeah, I love... I love that game. It's one of the, uh, once again, it's like Double Dragon. It is it's designed to piss you off, and especially Double um, Ghouls and Ghosts, you have to complete the game twice in order to beat the game. Right. And it's it's brutal enough as it is the first run. So the second time, you're you're, you're near enough on a fucking nervous breakdown trying to complete the game. <laughs> but yeah, I just love it from the the controls are slick, the music's really crisp. It's just everything that made. Yeah, it made a game worth playing to me, and of course it was played alongside Castlevania because I was playing those sort of games, you know, neck and neck, and I loved, I loved them, I love them both. Classic Capcom. Yeah, yeah. Castlevania is a good game. Um, I, I see. Um, I don't know if you've subscribed to Ian McGrath. Have you heard of him? Um, no. He was. Um, he does kind of. Pick up videos and stuff like that, but he's Scottish as well. I don't know. Um, but he had that Castlevania 4 in his last video. Yes, um, Castlevania 4. Lovely game. I think it was SNES. SNES or SNES? SNES. Yeah. He's a big Nintendo fan. Yeah, I have the, uh, Super, Fam- I have the Super Famicom version because it's cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally the same game, it's just uh, Japanese. But I think I, I like the uh, Japanese artwork on the car, it looks really cool. Yeah, Japanese artwork's always nice, nicer than what we get. Well, I find. The thing is, back in the nineties, onto Castlevania, this is that was quick. I descended into fucking talking about Castlevania once again. <laughs> um, ja- the Japanese audience wasn't bothered with pictures of Dracula on the artwork and covers and stuff like that, but on the western side of the planet, they didn't. Well, most of the people. It, didn't want that sort of artwork. They didn't want it tagged with horror, but it's fucking called Castlevania, so whatever. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yes, indeed. The next one is an absolute classic, um, and it's Strider. Everybody knows yes. Strider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm having a bit of a Capcom fest right now. Strider was one of the first games that stuck in my head when it come to uh, playing the Mega Drive. Back then, I didn't really grasp what it fully was until years later, and I played. I think I think I really got into it actually when Strider 2 came out on the PlayStation, because it had two discs. It had the arcade version on one disc and the main game on the other. But because of the printing fuck up, they've switched labels. So I stuck in Strider 2, thinking it's Strider 2. But actually, I was playing Strider 1. I was thinking, hang on. This is the Mega Drive, well, it was the arcade version, but it was a lot like the Mega Drive version. It's like, this isn't Strider 2. But yeah, I, I when I realised what was wrong, but it doesn't matter, I fucking rinsed that game. I absolutely love it. What a complete balls up, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Strider. And I never remember if it's spelt with an I or a Y in the middle. I think it's an I. I. It? Yeah. It's I, yeah. Yeah, I've... 
not a game I've actually played until recently. I mean, I have to confess myself that I didn't have a Mega Drive or anything back in the day. I had a Master System. I mean, I know it was out in the Master System, but... Yeah, it was nowhere near to what... um, Same with the NES version. It was nowhere near to what the the 16-bit and the arcade versions. It was just nowhere near... It's uh, just a. It was just a rev- revelation. It was just such a great game to play, and it it just flowed really well. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you ask most people that have the interest for gaming, I think a lot of people would have that at the top of their list for definite. But I also like yeah. on a a spin-off note is that Strider Hugo was on uh, Malvis Capcom Two, and I used to use him quite a bit in my battle team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A cameo appearance. Well, it was yeah. pretty cool when it comes to the Marvel vs. Capcom games because quite a lot of those times where you're playing it, you you see a character and thinking, I recognise that character. Where I recognise it from? I did that with Arthur in uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Three. And it was like fucking ghouls and ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Moving on. Uh, the next one is I'm getting through these faster than what I was with Harry Yak. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> the next one is um, Final Fight. Uh, what system would that have been for? Uh, that would be arcade. That's where oh, I originally played it. The arcade version. Uh, I had a pub close to me, which had one cabinet, and it was right in the corner. It had fag burns. It looked like shit. The whole shebang. But it had Final Fight. And I just couldn't... When I saw it, it just blew my hair back, because I'd never seen graphics like that. Because back then, yes, it was on the Super Nintendo, but I didn't even know about it back then. But it was just the size of the sprites. It was the same time. It was like this when I first saw the Neo Geo and how, like, art of fighting when they zoom in, when they come really close to each other, when they're fighting. I yeah. just it blew my hair back. I was like, fuck, that's amazing. Yeah, so Final Fight, um, really, really good. I've beat it multiple times, thank God. It's the first game on the list I actually beaten. <laughs> but it's. It all right. It's not. It's aged fine, but there has been other beat 'em ups that surpassed it since. You know, and uh, oh, yeah. it's still a great. It's still a classic game. This was um, my history. It's not always good. This is after Street Fighter then, or before. Uh, actually, I think it was after Street Fighter because they were going to make it a sequel to Street Fighter called Street Fighter '89. But they took it to a um and a Japanese game show and they poo pooed the idea. So that's when they spun off and they called it Final Fight and it was its own thing. There's still cameos of uh various Street Fighter characters in future Final Fight games. Like in um number two, they got in the background of the first level they got Chun Li and uh, you know a few other things. Yeah. So it's still got some like callback to the Street Fighter universe, but it's not a Street Fighter game. Yeah. Okay, and moving on to the next one, uh, yet another uh, all-time classic, Streets of Rage 2, I assume for the Mega Drive. Yeah, well, yeah. that's the only systems I've been on, and uh, yeah. it was, the first one was really good. I remember playing that very vividly and a lot, but Streets of Rage 2 really took it to the next level. It was just the first level, and that music pump, you know, just... The Hu- Hujo Kajuro's soundtrack in that game is fantastic. Yeah, 
definitely some of the best music in video games. Uh, and uh, and in you game. know, back then we were like, oh, you know, when are we going to get CD audio and all this stuff? But you don't realise that until now. It's like, wow, actually those are tunes with the limited technology that you had is really awesome, you know. And uh, I really, really love that game. It's once in a, it's an, I think Street Fighter, Street Rage 2 had it, where if you pick the wrong answer, you get sent back three levels, or was that the first game? I can't remember. But it's still an asshole thing to do. <laughs> when you picked the wrong answer, like a, like a, is that like a, an age verification thing? Or oh, no, I think it might have been the first game when you went all the way to the end, you was about to fight Mr. X, and he would say, do you want to join me or not? Uh, and if you said yes, he'll put you push you back three levels, and you got to do the last three levels again. Oh dear! Uh, I, was, I think it was the first one. I was thinking when you said that, um, cause, um, age verification, because uh, I was playing Laser Shoot Larry um, last week because I'm making a video. Yeah. Uh, before you can play the game, you need to answer questions to verify that you're you're an adult. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the questions on it are crazy because they're kind of based in America, American. General knowledge and things like that, and you had to like be an American to know some of the answers. So yeah. sometimes it's frustrating trying to get into that, just trying to get into that game. Yeah, so I don't think I've got that got that far in Street Rage Two to to know about the questions that you're talking about. So oh, I've I've blown through all three of them multiple <laughs> times, but definitely Street Rage Two is the the superior one of all three of them. The uh, the first one was really good. The third one. Had quicker combat and better uh, controls, but it wasn't. It wasn't nowhere near. They sort of lost what it was all about. It was a very late game in the Mega Drive's life, anyway. So by then, you know, people were thinking about the future systems. You know, they're coming around the corner. So Street Rage Three is more of the bastard son than the uh, the pinnacle of uh, Street Rage games. We had um, three viewers um, a moment ago, but we've popped back down to two. So, <laughs> so I think the Two viewers or both of us, but because <laughs> <laughs> the last right. time we've uh, done this with Harry Ack a few weeks ago, and um, I didn't, as I say, I didn't plug it at all, and all of a sudden no. people were on making comments, and Harry's like, "Can I read out some of the comments?" And I'm like, "I've got, we've got comments." <laughs> so um, it's kind of intended for this to to be watched retrospectively. Well, it's fine, you know, most people hate me, so you're going to get views afterwards fucking thumbing you down and actually giving you a new thumbs up. I'm sure that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're flying through the list and we're now into the top three. I don't know if you remember which ones you've picked, but um, I'll refresh nope. your memory and say your next one is Contra. Contra. Contra, yes. yes. I'm talking about US version Contra, not Probotector. Right. Because our version of Contra in these shores was fucking terrible, because they censored it to or shit. It wasn't it wasn't Contra anymore. It was something else. Uh, they took away they even took away a level. They took away enemies, and it just wasn't the same. But Contra, a friend of mine had a American NES, and that was the first time I ever played one. And he had Super Mario, he had Duck Hunt, he had Castlevania, and Contra. And me and him must have played it multiple times, and I think I only beat it once or twice, and that was using the Contra code in the end. It uh, is, it's a fantastic running gun game, and it's definitely is held up to this day. And uh, it's, I can go back to it any any time, but man, is it very very 
tense as well. When you get into that game, you sort of get into that gamer's coma when you're just focusing on what you're doing. And uh, if you slightly hesitate, that's when you fuck up. And uh, But yeah, really cool game. I love it. So did you manage to get a copy of the American version yourself then? Um, I've not had... I don't have a American NES. I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a big NES fan in the end. Yes, I enjoyed it back as a kid, and I've got one now as a PAL version one, but I don't have a desire to collect for it. I may get a um, an EverDrive for it and just play the ROMs off the cart, but I don't have much um, nostalgia when it comes to the NES, unfortunately. It's one of those consoles I picked up and thinking, you know what, yeah, that'll be cool, and then I played it a couple of times, played a couple of games of Super Mario, and I thought, nah, there you go, just leave it under the TV collected <laughs> dust. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame, really. We do have some comments, um, believe it or not, um, but sometimes I don't know if people are joking or not when they say things, so I not read them out, but um, one from... I never know how to say this. Is, is oh my Sup- god, who Sup- is it on? No, no. Wood- Woodland. Woodland. Fucking Woodland. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Carl. He said, um, I he hate said, you, yes, I hate you. Oh, you can see it. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you, yes, brush. Well, if it isn't Frush himself, I didn't know about this show. <laughs> What's it well, about? Carol, thank you for tuning in. Um, I it wasn't really meant, as, as same as the last one, it wasn't really meant to be a live stream as such. It's just meant to be done so people can watch it retrospectively, but I want to know how to do it live. So there we are. So, But thanks for watching anyway, and love your channel. I can see Scott taking away. Obviously, we're playing to Woodland. <laughs> no, I'm trying to sit row row about the Streets Rage 2 where you get sent back. Oh. I can't remember, to be honest. I can't remember if it was the first one or the second one. I know it was in one of those versions, and I know it pissed me off when I first did it, because you think, oh, yeah, I saw you with the bad guy. Whoop, bastard! Anyway, thanks for the comments, guys, and we'll move on to the next game. Once I get my notes back up. I've got my notes on my iPad here, and uh, it walked away out there, so... Ooh, very swish. Uh, <laughs> it's all high-tech here, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the second game is Lords of Thunder. Lords of Thunder. I only discovered that recently, but fuck me in that great game. I think I've heard you talking about this game before. Uh, yeah, just a little. <laughs> you done it? I think you done a video on it. Did you do a video on it? A playthrough? I yeah. yeah, I found this game completely at random. I was looking through. Oh, I went to a, a ROM website, and I thought, I know I can burn CDs and play them on my mega, mega CD. So, what games are there to play? Because when it comes to mega CD collecting, especially, it can be very expensive really quickly. So. I'd, you know, burn a few ROMs, see what they're like. And I saw this game called Lords of Thunder. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, hang on, is that Lords of Thunder's on a Turbo Graphics as well, or something like that? I thought, fuck it, I'll, I'll burn the CD. I saw a couple of screenshots, and I thought, oh, that looks pretty cool. It's a, it's a side-scrolling shooter. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, I'll give it a go, and I put it in my Mega CD, and it blew my damn hair back. <laughs> <coughs> in that gameplay video, I think... I think that was after the third time I completed the game in a row. I literally just rinsed it in one in one day, just completely continue 
I kept completing the game again and again and again. Yes. And I still I played it yesterday. I played it. I'll probably play it again tonight. You know, it's really cool. It, some people might think it's overrated. I know Steve Benway. I um I had a, I sent him a message one day and I said, oh, try this game out. He thought it was a bit overrated, but I really dig that game a lot. Really cool. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was just about to say that before you beat me to it. Is I was going to say, is this the game that Steve Benway was um, doing on on your recommendations? So obviously, yeah, it was. Yeah, well, yeah. he doesn't do recommendations. You know, that is a given. He's a yeah. you know, big YouTuber. He doesn't want to be fucking around with us a lot all the time. But I said to him, give it a go. You know, and next thing you know, he's playing it. He didn't shout me out or nothing. But I thought, oh, that's really cool. You know, he took my recommendation. That's awesome. So yeah, it was a it was a good buzz to see you know, someone that you look up to play a game that you recommend and didn't like it, but oh well, <laughs> shit happens. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's almost as good as a shout out when he at least um, plays something on your recommendation, especially when when he doesn't usually do that. So no, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I was watching Steve's. Uh, Video on Saturday, he was walking about somewhere uh, with his camera, and there was people walking their dogs, and, you know, completely off his head. I, I, I don't think I could ever video myself while people were walking past with their dogs and things like that. Well, those last two speaky walkies where he calls them are really funny. Yeah. I don't think he realizes that, but he's got really good timing. <laughs> and there's one um, a camera which video where he stands there, he looks around, and you see people all around him, and he just looks at the camera and says, people. And the way he just says it just <laughs> made me cry laughing. So funny. Yeah. Uh, only I discovered Steve Benway after I seen you guys talking about him on the Retro Anonymous stream. Uh, it was that, that week that um, Smokey Spaz was wearing the wig. And you were all <laughs> kind of... Um, not taking the mickey out of Steve Benway, <laughs> but having a Well, no, <laughs> and, uh, there's an old um, picture of him on, like, a Lincoln didn't say or whatever. An old, old picture of him, and he's just in this, like, I don't know, it's like this purple smoke jacket-looking thing, and he's got, <laughs> you know, bare-chested, long hair and all that stuff. Yeah. And um, Harry Yak sent me a, a picture of it one day. He goes, oh, I'm going to put this on the live stream one night. It's like... Don't mate, it's gonna start a war. He's no, no, no. Steve's fine with it. He's, you know, he find, he finds it the funny side of it. It's like, oh god, he's gonna fucking have a shot if he sees this. But it turns out that he he, uh, he laughed his head off from what I've heard of that skip. And oh my god, when uh, James did that, when he was dressed as Monkey Spaz, we didn't know he was gonna be dressed like that. <laughs> we wasn't gonna. We, well, I didn't know that until he pulled that. T- toy away and you saw him in that fucking glass in the long hair and oh I lost it it was probably the funniest thing I've seen all year I I, I couldn't yeah. speak for like 10 minutes because all I was doing was laughing <laughs> so yeah. funny I remember it well and I remember thinking who is this Steve Benway guy <laughs> I mean I know who he is now but well yeah I, I only I only started watching his channel like about a month or two before I joined Retro and Limb when it first started uh, a friend of mine who is big into his computers, he says, oh, you heard of this uh, guy called Steve Benway? I was like, no. He goes, well, he does like a lot of retro like 8-bit and 16-bit computers and stuff. And he showed me a video of um, Steve showing off his collection and of all these like weird-shaped, funky computers I've never seen in my whole life. And he's like, oh, that's this, that's that, and that's this. I was like, holy shit, this guy's got a lot of stuff. 
Yeah. So yeah, that's how I started watching his channel. Yeah, definitely one of my favourite channels. Anyway, on with the list, and we're at the last one. But we still we, we do still have the book and the luxury item. <laughs> but your yeah, number one, I assume you'll remember what it is because we've already mentioned it earlier on, actually. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. Super, Super Castlevania Four. Yeah. Yeah. It's go on. I know, I was when I was speaking about that earlier on. I forgot that was your first choice. Otherwise, I wouldn't have mentioned it. <laughs> It's um yeah, it's one of those games that if I didn't play that and Street Fighter Two, I couldn't I probably would not bother with a Super Nintendo. But a friend of mine, once again, I never had a, a, a Nintendo console until I think the PlayStation One came out. So yeah, when I saw Street Fighter Two, then I saw Castlevania Four. A friend of mine was playing it. And I remember playing the original Castlevania over a friend's house, another friend's house, when I was a kid. But the game is just so difficult, you don't really get it until years later. But yes. Castlevania 4 didn't have any of that sort of stuff. Yes, it was still challenging, but it was more skill-based. You know, you could whip in eight directions, you could... There was a separate button for the um, special attack, you know, it just felt really, really good in the hands when playing it and also the soundtrack was epic the graphics look amazing it's just the epitome of what uh, a Castlevania game should be yeah now I I've since then I've been a lifelong fan of Castlevania and I've been with it through the thick and the thin but Super Castlevania 4 is still my favorite Castlevania game and I can play it anytime I want it's just I pop it in and I can just play it it's just amazing yeah, I think I think everybody's got a game that they'll always go back to no matter what, even if they've played it a hundred times. Um, I think mine's would be Monkey Island or Monkey Island 2, um, those two games. Um, just define the point-and-click adventure games for me. Yeah. Um, but for yourself, obviously, Castlevania, Castlevania 4. Understandably, um, it, does, it does look a good game, but I've never been a Nintendo fan myself, so... Well, like I said, I never really got brought into the Nintendo crowd. The only like Nintendo console, you know, ten, you know, the truth here, the only Nintendo console I had apart from my Sega consoles was a Game Boy, and I got one of them on um, when it was launched. I got that the Christmas after it launched, and that was the only Nintendo console I had for the longest time, and so seeing my friend having a Super Nintendo and then looking at Street Fighter 2 and then it come out on Mega Drive, so of course I put it on the Mega Drive, but then I saw Super Castlevania 4 and that's when it's like, whoa, that's it, I've got, I've got to play that, I've got to buy it now. And uh, yeah, I really fell in love with that game, hardcore, and the whole franchise. You could buy, buy the Super Nintendo just for that game. <laughs> that's what I did. In fact, when I started collecting a few months, about six months ago, seven months ago now, I made a beeline to get a Super Nintendo and then try to find a copy of Castlevania. But the problem is, very expensive on power systems. So I was like, oh shit, what am I going to do? So in the end, I bought one of those horrible like little contraptions. You stick a official memory uh, cartridge in the back and then the cartridge on top. Yeah. One of those um, region for locking fucking things. Um, and then bought a copy of the Super Famicom version, which is exactly the same as the PAL version. And... Yeah, really, really cool game. I am looking for a Famicom, by the way. So, well, 
or an American Super Nintendo I can mod so I can play more NTSC games because collecting for power is yeah. <laughs> out of the question. Seriously out of the question right now. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, I brought something similar. Uh, you know, talking about these contraptions, I bought um, a Sega Master System converter for my Sega, Sega Game Gear um, two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, I got it from a guy on Facebook, and uh, it doesn't work. <laughs> I don't know More. if it's the games I've got that don't work. A lot of those sort of things are... Yeah, a lot of those sort of things, from a technical standpoint, are just um, pin-out changes. All they do is just swap some of the pins around so it actually works with the cartridge. Alright, granted Game Gear cartridges are slightly smaller than Master System cartridges <laughs> being sarcastic here but a lot of those sort of converters <laughs> can, a lot of those sort of converters you can make yourself if you know a little bit of te- taking skills. I tried doing that one time with my Mega Drive but my uh, ambition got better than my ability and I fucked it up so yeah, break that console. Yeah, I've not got any taking skills although I did um, when I bought my Sega Mega Drive earlier in the year, um, the joypad was not working. Um, uh, so I, w- I looked up uh, how to fix a joypad video on YouTube, and I managed to fix that joypad. So I was happy with myself. That's, a, that's about the level of my technical skills. But <laughs> um, I did ask the eBay seller to send me a new one out, but he never did. But thankfully, nah. I, thankfully I fixed it. So. Well, that's one of the reasons why I'm not really collecting Master System anymore, because after getting this EverDrive from Mega Drive, I can play all the Master System ROMs I want off the fucking car, just without even touching my Master System anymore. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, <clears throat> it's pretty cool. <laughs> I keep plugging the EverDrive, don't know why today. I keep looking at it, that's why. <laughs> oh, I see. Who was it? I was, I was watching somebody's video, and I can't remember if it was Steroro or somebody else, but somebody always had um, one of those Game Gear Everdrives, and I thought, I really want one of those. They looked pretty cool. Yeah, Mark, yeah. From going on to collecting, me personally as a collector, I've sort of steered away from collecting games because of the amount of space I have in my, my room, and more collected of hardware. I do love collecting consoles, and I seem to have more enjoyment collecting them than I do collecting games. Yeah. So, um, buying EverDrive, so I've now got one from a Mega Drive, I've now got one from a Turbo Graphics. Uh, I probably will get one from a Super Nintendo. It's something that I can just throw the ROMs on there and play a game when I want to. Not, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not being an asshole about it, but I love watching people's collections of their games. Like, when you watch the live stream, you see um, Retro Games 1975's um, wall of Mega Drive games. So I was like, wow, that is impressive. You know, but so, you will put a lot of money on the line for that, you know. 79? 79, 75. God, I don't know. I get mixed yeah. up with Lawn Boy and fucking him all the time. Yeah, no, that is, a, that is an impressive collection. Um, I've Personally, I've went over the top with PlayStation 2 games this last I did as well. I I don't know about you. Did you just go absolutely nuts in CEX and just like yeah. buy up every? Yeah, I did as well. Yeah. And you yeah. know what I've done? I've pretty much put all the stock back behind CEX again because I, I did a collection video a few months ago where I had like a hundred odd PS2 I games. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah I had hundred odd PS2 oh. games and I had like fifty odd Xbox games. And yeah. over the last like two months, I've been selling off the ones that I know I can make a little bit of cash on. 
and just get rid of the rest of them. Because I just looked at them and thought, when am I going to play these? Never. Exactly. And I've not done that yet, but I must admit, I'm looking at games in my cupboard. They're not, they're not even on display nicely. Like, no. Like no, 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 just, no. You know, but I look at them and I think, I want to play that game, but I don't think I will ever have the chance. Well, I think yes. out of all the PS2 games I bought, I think I've only played about ten. I've only completed about four of them. And okay. I can think I've, I've completed God Hand, great game. The Warriors, Dragon oh. Quest, Dragon Quest Eight, Dirge of Cerberus, which I sold on, mm. which is not great. It's that uh, Final Fantasy spin-off game where you play Vincent. And what was the last game? Oh, Twisted Metal Black. Nice. Yeah, I I recently collected all the Rockstar well, most of the Rockstar games. Uh, I would never. Are you copying me? (laughs) I was already doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh no, I I love Rockstar, so it was one of my like little goals to collect them all. Sadly, I have sold a couple of the Rockstar games because they're not that great, like uh, Smuggler's Run and. uh, I really didn't like Midnight Club for some reason. I loved the um, dub edition. I think it was out. I think that was on the Xbox and PS2. I, but I just didn't like Midnight Club at all. <laughs> I just found the game completely cheap and shitty. Yeah, but I, 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 I kind of like it. I kind of like the second one. Uh, the first one's terrible, but I, I like to have them in my collection. And I'm planning to play through them all at some point. Um, but yeah, not the greatest games, Midnight Club. Yeah, I've really uh, slimmed down my collections of both consoles. I've still got quite a bit of PS1 games, which I do, I am keeping because I do love my PS1. Yeah. Uh, my probably my yeah my main collection would be my PS1 right now for retro. Um, my Neo Geo cards are starting to build up now. I've got about say about fifteen twenty of them, <laughs> and um, and probably my other big collection probably my Sega Saturn, but. I'm trying to sell off some of these Sega Saturn games, European ones, and get more import ones. I I just literally bought this morning a uh, Japanese Sega Saturn, so I'm collecting more Japanese imports than anything else on my Saturn. Are they easier to find than? A lot easier to find. The thing is with with the Sega Saturn, if you're going to go balls deep with the Saturn, it's best to get, well, you can get just a PAL console with the action replay, that's fine. But there's some Japanese games that run better on the native system. Um, Shinobi X is one of them. I love Shinobi X, and, and I can play it on my power system, but there's some of the videos that skip up because the frame rates just don't add up and the audio in the video goes out of sync. It's an old, old game, you know, so it's going to happen with some some of them. But I just thought, you know what, I'm going to put the money down, get a, a Victor Saturn, and uh, enjoy Sega Saturn. Yeah, the way it's supposed to be. I was watching. Oh God, I can never remember who does these videos. But I was watching somebody doing a Sega Saturn video last month, and they were talking about the case. The cases are really flimsy and fall apart very easily. Man, I love the uh, PAL cases, but Jesus Christ, they are shit. They just (laughs) they look good. They look yeah, aesthetically they look impressive, but they just fall apart. They are absolute shit. Yeah, not um, not the greatest cases of all. Luckily, when it comes to the Japanese games, they're either in a thicker CD, double CD case, or just the thin dual case. So that's nicer to fit on the shelf, definitely. Yeah, they're nice looking, just just not very well made. 
But I think my main collection at the moment, gaming-wise, would be my my Xbox 360. I've been yeah. the last couple weeks. I've been I've been, I set a little challenge for myself, and this is going to be a bit sad here. You can tell I don't get laid that much, but anyway, I've been I'm at 71,000 gamer score. So right. I thought, right, I'm going to get the 100,000 before I get an Xbox One. So right. I've been playing games. Yeah, you know, games not shit games just to get the points up. I've been playing games I've been I I've either on purpose missed or never got around to playing, and I'm gonna you know manage to get through them all. I've only got something like seven thousand eight hundred Microsoft points or uh, achievement points. Um, there's one I've never one hundred percent completed an achievements, but I'm only one away on sensible sensible world soccer. I've got one achievement to get. Yeah. I'm never go- I'm never gonna get it because it's basically play an online game and beat somebody five nothing. Oh yeah. Back there back early Xbox they had some real bullshit achievements. There's yeah. one I remember uh, really re- uh, vividly for Ghost Recon where you had to be number one in the world in the rankings. It's like well who the fuck's gonna do that now? It's like <laughs> such a waste of achievement. Alright, if you get it, you know, thumbs up to you, but Jesus, I can't stand multiplayer achievements. It's a yeah. complete fucking waste of time, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a strange thing about um, Sensible World of Soccer as well. Um, when I mean, I went on and I played, I played it solid for about four months and I was right into top 100 players for points and then I didn't play it again for about six months and when I went back in, my score had been reset to zero. And yeah, that's I, a couple they, of things. They do that a few times. When um, Stu's Rage 2 online came out, on the Xbox 360, I played it for months because I love Street Fighter 2. Mm-hmm. I ended up being in the top 50. And yeah, I came back to it about two years later and all my stats have, stats have been wiped and all that. I was like, oh, that yeah. sucks. Same with uh, Fear. The original Fear, I loved playing multiplayer. I played it on the Xbox non stop. Um, I got to like the top 100 leaderboard. And then I went on, when the PS3 launched, I bought one on day one. And it come with a copy of Fear, so I went straight online, and within like three hours, I was number one. <laughs> and then for for a week, I played it straight, and in the end, I just got bored of it, and um, quickly, you know, went down the rankings very quickly when more players joined. You know, there was only like I don't know two hundred people playing at the time, so yeah, it's very easy to become number one you for a brief taken, period. Should have taken a photo of it for. for oh, this was, yeah. yeah, this was years before I started. You know, doing YouTube channels and just showing off and thinking, oh, look how MOG I am and all this shit. <laughs> well, if anybody's listening that still plays SWAS, Central World of Soccer, um, on Xbox, um, drop me a note and let me play you online and let me beat you 5 nothing so I can get that. <laughs> I doubt that will happen, but if anybody's listening, let's do it. I think out of all the games I've completed achievements for, I think I've only completed about 6 or 7, and most of them are I think there were two CSI games, which are not exactly hard. Um, Bioshock 2, even though I didn't really like the game that much. Um, yeah. Quantum of Solace, which was another game I didn't really like that much, but I seem to just fall onto the achievements. I can't remember the other game now. Oh, um, um, Dirt 2, which I really did enjoy. Uh, racing game is my favourite genre. I'm not a big racing game fan, but the Dirt series really got I really got into. I I haven't played Dirt Three yet, but I really got into Dirt Two, so yeah, I really enjoyed that. 
I was going to say something, but it's probably version on sick. But <laughs> I was going to Go say <laughs> Colin McRae rally. When, when are they going to bring out the helicopter version? <laughs> that's it. That's pretty sick. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. I was going to say something and it's completely gone. Um, so we'll just move on to the next part, which is <laughs> the book. Um, now, before you tell people your book, um, I can remember it. I'll tell you what it is in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, in Desert Island Discs, um, you get two free books. You get um, you get a copy of the Bible and you get the Life Works of Shakespeare. But on this show, you get a subscription to Retro Gamer Magazine and the Life Works of Steve Benway. There you go. Right. <laughs> 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 Whatever. <laughs> well, I've got to try and stick to the format of the show, and that's the best I could come up with. <laughs> anyway, the book you picked was Fifty Thousand Shades of Grey by Stuart Ashen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not exactly the most aesthetic book ever. It's it's very uh, bland, and uh, it likes to repeat itself. Let's just say. 50,000 times, I might add. <laughs> it's, oh, I don't know. It, I just picked it as a joke, like the next item. I I don't really read books at all. I, yeah. I listen to a lot of audiobooks, mm-hmm. but I don't really read that much anymore. Yeah, Audible seems to be my, like, the, I, I love my iPhone. Ever since having one, I absolutely love it. I love the podcast app, but now I've gotten into Audible. So I've been listening to a lot of um, books. Like The War Z was my last book I read, um, and Ready Player One, which is like this like over the top sci-fi fucking thing, read, read by Will Wheaton, who in the, the book he's actually the the ruler of the world and all this shit. It's quite funny, really funny. I've I have tried Audible myself and. I don't. I, I just can't get into it. I can't take it seriously. I don't know what what it is, but I, I think it's basically you've got to think about it. It's like a four hour long podcast for most of these books. I yeah. think the ones I really enjoy listening is like the autobiographies. I like there's quite a lot of wrestling autobiographies on there. I um, listened to both. I think it was two or three Mick Foley <laughs> autobiographies, and that was really interesting. Just to just bum around the house or when I'm out and about just listening to it and it's really interesting and sometimes really fucking funny. Did Mick Foley actually do the readings for that then? Yeah, yeah, he actually, yeah, yeah. most of the time when um, they have these autobiographies they are read by the person. Alright, that yeah. would make sense, it would make sense. <laughs> so some, some celebrities may be too busy to, to do Well no, it's really cool that, that yeah. they, they do that because it just adds to it because it's actually the person who lived it is now telling you it. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's like listening to a one-man podcast and they're just going for their life, basically. Another one, before we change subject, is the Kev Smith. There's, um, I've listened to his, his, one of his books called Tough Shit. And uh, he's, you know, he's obviously reading it to you. And it's really cool, you know. It's, a, it's quite immersive to listen to it. Yeah. Funnily enough, you mentioned Mick Foley. Um, I've actually, I know it's sad wrestling, blah, 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 but no. um, I, <laughs> I've just recently um, bought his books. I mean, last year, I couldn't believe, I was looking online and, um, on iBooks and it was like six ninety nine. and then one day I went into Poundland and they had the hard co- hardback copy of that book for a pound. I just couldn't believe my luck. It's, it's <laughs> just a bit of, I won pound for the Hardcore Diaries. 
But I'd say that... I don't know not, why people say, oh, it's uh, Sorry, carry on. I'm talking about <laughs> that. That is um, Yeah, but I, I thought, before I read that, I might as well get the first two books, but I've only just recently, I picked them up last week, so I've started reading the, the first one last week, so... Yeah, quite enjoying it so far. Not not a massive reader myself. Um, like I said, I, I read mostly autobiographies and things like that. Are you still with me? Yeah, I'm still with yeah. you. <laughs> um, the only audiobook I've really enjoyed myself um, is the Red Wolf. I've listened to the Red Wolf audiobooks. Um, they're read by Chris Barry. All right. Um, yeah. I didn't realise that. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, there, there was a ton of uh, Red Dwarf novels. I did have a few of them when I was a kid, but I never. I don't think I actually got around to reading them. That's how it started, didn't it? It was a radio play and, and yeah. books. Yeah, I've got one right here because I'm sitting beside my books. Red Dwarf Infinity Infinity Welcomes Careful Drivers by Grant Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> I've got um, the last one because I think it was the two guys that had written the books together but they kind of split up towards the end so there was one book did, written yeah. by Grant Naylor and one book written by the guy whose name I can't remember <laughs> um, I think that's called The Last Human um, I'm not going to enter reading that one yet but I will <laughs> pale of books I've not even read yet but that's that's the thing when I, when I asked um, Mr Harry Yak about his favourite book he, he didn't even he wasn't even picking a book, so I, I, I guess not everybody's a, a big. Well, book when you said anything. favorite item, favorite book, I just literally mm. just I just pulled your damn chain, you know, like this item is going to be embarrassing, but I just said it as a fucking joke. It's like, well, what's my favorite item? It's like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. We'll go on to your next lunch, yeah, lunch item, and I know you've said this as a joke. <laughs> well, I hope you said it as a joke. Yeah, it's a fucking joke. It's, uh, but I, I had to do a bit of research into this. <laughs> So yeah, I just, what? I, hope, I, I bet your fucking Google searches are really fruitful right now. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, me and my wife will get separate iPads. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, um, not to keep everybody in suspense, the item is, of course, a butt plug. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, when you sent me it, because I've never listened to, I've heard of Desert Island Discs, of course. I think everyone has in the. Uh, in in the uh, UK, but I'd never actually sat down and listened to a Desert Island this show. So, like, when you said about favourite ob- objects, I was like, what? It's like, so, of course, me being a bit of a twat, I was like, fuck it, I'll throw that down. You know, <laughs> I might get a laugh, and it's like, what? What, what, what are you telling me that? Ew, you know, shit. <laughs> well, if I may, as I said, I have done a bit of research, and this is what I've found. <laughs> <laughs> Just for those people that are on from a wheel. A butt plug is a sex toy that is designed to be inserted into the rectum for sexual pleasure. In some ways they are similar to a dildo, but they tend to be shorter and must have a flanged end to prevent the device from being lost inside the rectum. Uh, and it goes on. Unlike the vagina, which is closed off by the cervix, the rectum leads to the sigmoid colon. I think I went too far with this, haven't I? No, you, you, yep. you actually get me slightly aroused. Carry on. <laughs> Objects that are inserted into the, <laughs> into the rectum can therefore potentially travel up into the bowel. The flared end on a butt plug is this to prevent this. 
Minute yeah, orders like that. up your ass so you don't end yeah. up on an A&E show with a fucking butt plug up your ass. <laughs> uh, maybe we should have put an 18 uh, rating on this podcast. <laughs> Many dildos lack a flared end and fuss is it is all advised to use such dildos anally since they may get stuck requiring medical extraction. <laughs> <laughs> and that Say is... that. <laughs> Say that. When you said that, it just reminds me, I used to date a nurse, and she used to tell me stories about shit like this. And uh, she had one guy come in one day with... I don't know if you ever heard of a thing called a milk of magnesia. It has that like weird sort of novel yeah. bottle. Yeah. Apparently some guy had that up his ass with the cap removed. And what that happened... What do you think happened? It was a fucking vacuum, so it just sucked right up into his asshole. So apparently she had to um, hold back laughing her fucking head off and uh, actually help him relax <laughs> so the surgeon can remove it from his asshole. Yeah, funny. Yeah. I don't know why I said that. Now I'm fucking... I, I'm now loving it because you want to explain what one is on a fucking live stream. <laughs> that is fucking awesome. But really, jokes aside, my favourite probably item, uh, gadget, what you want to call it, it would be my PS Vita right now. I absolutely love this console. I think it's fucking awesome. I think it's definitely going to come into its own. Um, when this PlayStation Four comes out tomorrow, and start doing the oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm getting a PlayStation Four tomorrow. Oh, right, cool. Unfortunately, I'm not off work, but um, I need to get it when I get home. But um, yes, I'm looking forward to the PS I've only got. I'm only getting FIFA 14. Oh, um, what? A sports However, title? You're taking a piss. However, um, I have pre-ordered um, Need for Speed Arrivals, which again is kind of sports, so we count the cars as a sport. Yeah, I know um, mm. you're a bit of a Need for Speed fan, so yeah, that's a given, but yeah. where's Killzone? <laughs> well, I, I was very, very close to getting Battlefield 4. Oh, yeah. I, it, it does look good. Um, being a battle, I I am bought Battlefield Four yet. I don't. I didn't play Battlefield Three enough to warrant buying the fourth one. Um, I love playing first person shooters on the PC, but if I ever get a next gen console in the next say six months, I probably will get Battlefield Four just to play online on a, a next gen console because it looks it looks on par with the PC version now. Um. Me, personally, I played Battlefield 3 originally on the Xbox 360, and I hated it, because it used to give me a headache. It was just, it, it was just how the <clears throat> how rough the graphics looked, and also how the FOV, especially the field of view, was so tight around the character. It just gave me a headache playing it, but as soon as I played it on the, the PC, it just, you know, blew my mind. Well, I was thinking that I may get some money for Christmas, and then I'll buy Battlefield 4. I just wanted to get Need for Speed because I like racing games, so that was the well. Best it's a staple of a next gen console, you know. I I always seem to buy a racing game um, when a new console comes out. I don't know why. I bought <clears throat> uh, Most Wanted when it came out on the 360. That was a launch title. I really love that game. I haven't really loved a Need for Speed game since then, except say Pro Street, because I felt that they they're just they're not they're they're burnout. Games because it's done by the developers of Burnout, but it's just there's no identity to uh, Need for Speed games anymore. Yeah. They've become more bland and more um, designed by proxy than anything ever. Yeah, all right. They tried yeah. um, 
What was that game where they tried to emulate the Gumball Rally? The, well, funny enough, I've just... Um, I know, you were talking about it. And yeah. speed to run, and that, that is my favourite one, without a doubt. I think it's very well done. It's um, interesting, yeah. but what they've done, I believe put like the quick time events in part of the you know between races and stuff like that and it's like why and also I remember watching videos when it first came out where people were intentionally coming in last but the cutscene would say oh you're coming first and you're still carrying on the race and it's like completely right. it completely just fucked what a racing game is completely up the ass and it's like wow that was a that sucked because I was looking forward to that game. I thought it would be really good because, you know, Gumball Rally, no one's really ever done a game with a Gumball Rally except the official one. I think it was on the PS2. Yeah. So I was really interested in it, but when I saw the reviews and the bad press, I was like, no, nah, I'll skip on that one. I might buy it one day on 360. Probably come out now for a couple of quid, so yeah. I might buy it one day to try it out. But The last um, team, sorry. Go on. Uh, well, I got it for six quid out of CX, but the last time it was in CX, it's a fiver now. So yeah, so I like I did with Final Fantasy Thirteen. I um I bought that two weeks ago. I always wanted to play it, but I just didn't get round to playing it. After being burnt on Final Fantasy Eleven, I hated Final Fantasy Eleven. I didn't really want to play any more Final Fantasy games. I was done with them basically. I was done with JRPGs in general. And then I got into playing. Uh, Dragon Quest 8 and uh, Persona and more Shin Megami Tensei games. So I got back into Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy 13. Yes, it has flaws, but it's really cool. You can download the Final Fantasy PSP games on your PSP. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna download um, a few of them that I haven't played. I wasn't gonna download seven and eight and nine because I rinsed them to death. Especially eight, I I beat everything. I think I played that game for like two hundred hours or something like that. You know, I absolutely floored that game. Um, I don't know with Final Fantasy now. It's um, don't get me wrong, thirteen is beautiful. It looks good. The combat is a little bit odd at first, but now it's starting to make sense to me. You know, you don't control your whole party. The AI controls the other two members while you control your main leader which is very jarring at first because you're used to like, oh, set this guy to cure you, set this guy to attack, set this guy to do whatever, and it doesn't have that anymore, which is really odd to me. And sometimes it does piss me off because there's been times where I get in the kick in, and I was like, I need a cure on this character, and my AO guy just stood there. It's like, well, what the fuck? Come on, cure me. And he's just like, oh, here you go. Bleep, 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 bleep. (sighs) Whatever. But for the most part, I'm really enjoying it. But as I said, I'm, I've been on an Xbox 360 kick at the moment. But I've been playing games and their sequels back to back. Yeah. So I'm playing Final Fantasy 13. I'm going to get a thousand points on there, and then I'm going to go straight into Final Fantasy 13 2, which I've never ever played. I've seen about 10 minutes of it from a Total Biscuit video, but other than that, I'm going in blind. You know, I've I've not watched any reviews. I've not done anything. I've basically shut myself out to the world when it comes to the plot. And I'm yeah. gonna see what the game's like. But now I, I started playing. But now I started playing Uncharted on the Vita. I might have to abandon that and play all the Uncharted games. <laughs> I've done the same uh, with Grand Theft Auto Five. I, I didn't. I purposely didn't see any reviews or or gameplay videos because I didn't want it to be spoiled. So yeah, I can know where you're coming from with that one. 
Well, it's a bit hard to try and avoid a game that's like four or five years old. It's plot, you know. <laughs> but yeah. for the most part, I've um, yeah, Final Fantasy thirteen. There's there is a few uh, flaws, especially the first like four hours of the game. The um, the the dialogue is just fucking terrible. The story, you don't know where the what the fuck's going on, and yeah, it, it's not the best foot forward. But when you get past that, it's not too bad. We had some comments, but um, I think you've seen them. <laughs> um, Retro Games 1979 said uh, he thought 7,000 score was good on the Xbox. <laughs> well, I thought it was good. I he thought, still needed to add me on the Xbox Live. I had my request sat there for months. You need to go on and accept. Oh, yeah. Um, and he was, oh, you've seen that anyway, haven't you? He's asking you what Saturn games you have. Well, the Saturn games I have is like Virtual Fighter... Fighting Vipers, just the like the usual tripe that you see on the sand. Nothing too yeah. special. What I was going to do at the start before I asked you about your games, and I completely forgot, so I'll give you an opportunity now for for those of you that are unfamiliar with the console snob, but I'm sure you are. I'm sure most people that follow me must follow you. But for anybody that doesn't follow console snob, Scott, tell us a bit about your channel and what's coming up. Well, yeah, I, I can talk about my channel. I basically just do just on-the-spot videos now. I rarely plan much for anything. I am contemplating going back into reviewing games, but I don't want to review games that are easy to review because I used to fall into that trap all the time. Oh, this game's awesome, play it! You know, I want to try and do something a little bit more subversive and a little bit more silly, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so much so, I picked up a few games that I really don't want in my fucking house, let alone, <laughs> let alone, I can't believe I bought, especially over there on the PS3, fucking Hannah Montana the movie indeed. Mm-hmm. But I just want, no, I just want to do something, I just do like videos that are on the spot, you know, I do gameplay videos, I haven't done in a few weeks as a matter of fact, but mostly the time it's just me talking to the camera recently. Um, and so far, I think it. Yeah, you know, I don't get much shit for it, so I guess people seem to enjoy my content. I just, yeah, you know, I, I just basically just yammer on about shit that no one cares about really when it comes to gaming. Um, I like your. Um, I'm trying to remember what you call it. That um, that thing you do, that weekly show that you do, where you talk about your. Real life, but for the life of me, I can't remember. Oh, it. get real, yeah. Get real, that's it. Uh, I do enjoy those ones, some, of the, some deep subjects that you discuss. Well, sometimes they're just silly shit I, I just say out of my head, and other bits is actually parts of me that I just want to just... The idea of get real, I was talking to Steve, who owns Retro and Limb, and it was just parts of my life I just needed to flush out of my system. I just wanted to just throw it out there. If it got last, if it made people think, that's cool, but I just wanted to get it all out in the open. And quite a lot of people seem to really like that. And I didn't know why. It's like, well, I'm supposed to be a gaming channel. You're supposed to be watching gaming stuff. Why are you liking this stuff? But it seems that so far is a positive reaction. So, you know, really yeah. flattered by that. It's uh, I do them from time to time. I tried doing it weekly, and it got to the point where I was like, hmm, what should I talk about? And it just felt yeah. a bit um, disingenuous. So, you know, now I just do them from time to time. And, yeah, it's uh, it's good fun for the most part. 
<laughs> but it's nice to have some variety on your on your videos. Um, I'm thinking about branching out, maybe into, I don't know, reviewing music or doing doing stuff out with games, just just for a little change. Well, I think people like the variety anyway. There's yeah, there's a few people that are sticking muds and they don't really care about anything other than what what you do initially. Mm-hmm. But Rich, the night video game dude, he's literally just branched out yesterday. He um. He literally hung up the the glasses and the hat, and he's just going to be himself from now on, which was kind of a bold move on his part. And uh, so I think quite a few people don't want to be just doing one thing. You know, some people are fine with that. You know, say like um, I would say the angry video game nerd, but he does his own other things like you know the uh, board games and other shows as well. So he's not really a good example. Um, probably example of that would be like Angry Joe, who all he does is the same thing, yeah. and he must love it because that's all he does. While you know other people seem to differ and you know change it, change it up a little bit, and that's really cool. You know, I I I respect Rich for. A, Excuse ooh. me, what? My wife just burst into him. <laughs> we're live. Go away. We're like, sorry. I'll see you later. <laughs> I'm in the bad books now. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I like. I, I think I have to bring variety to my, to my videos because um, my gameplay videos are shit. So <laughs> I, need to I think what it is though, when it comes, to, I've heard a fair few people moan about, oh, my gameplay videos don't get that many views. The reason why they don't is because it's up to the person watching the video. If they really can't be asked to watch a game that they don't like. On it doesn't matter if you're on them or not, they won't watch it. So yeah. when people piss and moan about oh they don't get enough views, is that you think about it the wrong way? You know, I I used to think like that too. I used to think you know what, why am I doing this? You know, no one's watching these. You know, what's the fucking point? And then I think um, Dave from One Voice posted to me as well. Think about it this way: you're doing a game that not many people will like or they don't care about, so they're not going to watch that video. Then you might do another video and they really dig it and people watch it. It's a bit like um, when I had my House of Dead 2 video when I used some double light guns and that video caught fire. Well, yeah. I did the like, Lords of Thunder. I loved that video. I loved playing that game, but not many people really cared about it until uh, about a week or so later after Steve Benway played it and I was like, oh, thank you, Steve, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So. It's um it's more um, taste than anything else when it comes to gameplay videos. Yeah. Unless you're willing to do every single game every single day, <laughs> you're not gonna you know you're gonna be fighting a losing battle. I still say carry on because you know yeah. some people just watch it for your opinions on said games. But yeah, and also as well, I think when it comes to a lot of retro channels, some of them I'm not calling anyone out because this is not a bad thing really. Some people rely on the two the common games too much. They like you know they'll oh this show you Sonic a Hedgehog, they show you Mario, and uh, not many people really care for that sort of content. They want to see something a little bit different. Especially me, you know, I don't want to like Lords of Thunder and all these other games that I've never seen until recently. You know they they're the ones that intrigue me. You know mm-hmm. I don't really care for watching Tekken fucking tag tournament for the fifteenth yeah. time when well, I've played it for the last ten years. You know. Yeah, that's why um, just recently I've been trying to get more on more onto my PC and uh, play my old DOS games because um, 
a lot of games, but people will know them, but they won't have seen them for a while. Like, um, I done a Plus Quest one uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, I watched that, yeah. And there was, there's some. Um, I'm going to do Laser Street Larry, which I think most a lot of people know about, but you don't see it that often. So, uh, well, Laser Street Larry's always had that. Yeah, it was always trying to be an adult game, but it couldn't shake the fact that most of the games were terrible. <laughs> they were very cheaply made and very cheaply executed. So. Yeah, but that I mean that didn't matter to me because I just found them so funny. <laughs> well, yeah, there was there was a charm to them. I I didn't never really got into the Lesu Larry games. The only one I really got into was one on the original Xbox, and that was yeah, it wasn't that great, but it was quite funny. It was juvenile and it sort of <laughs> struck a chord with me at that time. I like games that make me laugh, and yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It's yeah, you know, I'm not knocking it from my perspective. It's part of gaming history, but you know, it's it's yeah. a, a silly fun, and that's the way it should be. That's my outlook on life in general. I like things that make me laugh and put a smile on my face. Like even like some music. I like to go see band. Like I don't know, if you, you know the band The Hives. Um, yeah. When I, when I go see them live in concert, it just make me smile because they're so funny. They're fucking um, nuts. Yeah. Um. So. That's the kind of, when I'm not playing sports games, um, I like things that make me smile. That's, that's, <laughs> that's really, let's just say Larry. Yeah, that's yeah. probably the only thing that I'm, I am I get a lot of heat for when I start talking about sport games. Like, well, what's the fucking point in them? And uh, quite a lot of people seem to hate me for that. It's like, well, you know, why don't you, play, why don't you go on the field and play it for yourself, you fat fuck? And I was like, well, no, I just don't like <laughs> sport games. They come out every year. The rosters change. You might get an extra little bit of control, and you might be able to use your right thumbstick to control the ball better. And other than that, they're just the same fucking game. And, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I seem to wind a lot of people up by saying that. I can totally understand. that They, they do get a bit tiresome and, and semi after a while, especially the FIFA titles. But then saying that, I could be a hypocrite because uh, I buy a Call of Duty game every year. I sometimes I'm I used to buy the WWE games every year, and they're basically the same sort of premise. Very little added to it, yeah. but more of the same content. So yeah. someone could call me out and say, "Well, you buy these two games. Why are you fucking moaning about sport games?" So it goes both yeah. ways. I just I'm Absolutely. not a big sports game fan. Yeah. I used to, yeah. I, there's been a few sports games that I really did enjoy, like uh, FIFA '98 on the PS1. I really enjoyed for the indoor football. I really yeah. loved that game mode. Um, but most of the sport games, I used to really be in a Madden as well in Tiger Woods games. All of Tiger Woods games. Yeah. yeah, I used to really love like, and especially Madden. And yeah, I think every every now and then I like to play a bit of NHL, but I don't think they do that many NHL games anymore. I don't really see them out in the wild that much. They're very expensive. I was looking yeah. at them the other week, and even even ones that are like oh eight oh nine, they're still like eight nine pound. And you think why? Yeah, because I was going to pick up either like NHL twelve or thirteen, and I realised that I saw NHL thirteen in an independent game shop I go to. And it was 40 quid on a PS3, and I said to the guy, is that right? He's like, that should be cheaper by now. I was trying to haggle him down, but he wasn't shifting. He's like, well, no one, you know, there's not many people buying HL games in the UK, so that's why they demand a high price. And I was like, fucking makes no sense to me. Yeah, you'd think you'd try and sell them for cheaper so you can sell them. But yeah, I, I've never been a... I especially in the last few years I've never been a fan of sports games and especially when it comes to retro collecting because that's all you fucking find out of the time and it pisses me off. 
you know, I want to find a cool game where I then I'm looking at like a stack of FIFA 95 so all the way up to the ceiling. Uh, fuck this. I went into a shop in Glasgow two weeks ago. Um, it's a shop called GeForce, um, and they had a copy of Tiger Woods 14, the very latest one. And I know even yeah. second, even second hand, it's going to go for twenty five pound, and it had a fifteen yeah. pound fifteen pound sticker on it. So I thought they've made a mistake here, so I'm going to pick this up, take it to the counter, which I did. And he looked at it and it went fifteen. He went, "Oh, Jimmy, is that twenty five or fifteen? He went, "It's twenty five. He went, "Oh, it's twenty five, mate." I went, "No, no, I don't want it." Then <laughs> I thought I made. You should have got him on the um the uh the buy. What's it do? It's like some sort of act where whatever it's labelled as has to be Both sold sales. at that price. Yeah, yeah. I'll say that. That's it. Yeah. yeah. It did. It did say to me, "I'll give it to you for twenty pound," but I thought, no. I was just trying nah, to get for piss off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He tried to do it a week later as well. I bought um I bought a Master System game to try out that thing I was talking about earlier. I think it was just a stupid game, Wimbledon tennis or something, and it said ninety nine pence on the side of it. I thought that will do, just to test it out. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, I think that's actually one ninety nine. No, there's ninety nine pence sticker on it. I mean, oh, I'll give you for, for ninety nine pence then. Yeah, <laughs> cheeky bastard. Oh, get get your prices. Yeah, <laughs> prices on your get games. them right. Oh, yeah. the, get them right first try. Not trying yeah. to haggle with me when I'm at the bastard counter. Yeah. Anyway, it's been great. Um, I think we'll wrap it up there. Okay. Um, thanks again ever so much for coming on. Yeah, it was and it was fun. Thanks to everybody that's tuned in all two or three of you. Well, tuned um, out. Well, yeah. I think it, at its peak it went up to three viewers, so that was pretty good. But it was back down to wow, one. Wow, you, so, you'll yeah. get people watching it later and, you know, like this was spur of the moment. It wasn't planned, so... Well, it was planned between us, but it wasn't... Yeah. Like, yeah so. That's exactly what I've done with the, with the Harry Yak edition as well, but one, once we're finished, I'll, I'll, I'll then be able to plug it so people can watch it, so... Well, it's early days, you know, so you're just doing this as a... It's early days, and the more you do it, then people will want to watch it, you know. You don't grow... You don't be a success overnight. You have to build on it, basically. Well, I must say, I've, I've never done anything like this in my life, so it's very... <laughs> Very out of character and daunting for me because when I first started making my videos, I didn't even speak on them. I just put captions up on them. So, yeah. No, you're that sort of guy, the caption guy. The caption guy. <laughs> Which, by the way, <laughs> I were very witty, if I say so myself. Even if you look back at them, they're very witty comments that I used to put on the videos. Anyway, um, that's that's about it. So, thanks again, Scott, for coming on. And no, thank you very much. Watching. Catch you on the next one. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.